162 games of baseball a season can feel like a grind to watch, but you can put the excitement back into each and every game with my bookie. Run lines, money lines, props galore. Nobody gives you more opportunities to win than my bookie. Getting started is simple. Deposit $300 and play with $200 instantly. Just use promo code ZABE to claim a MyBookie deposit bonus. Whether you're a diehard fan or a newcomer to the sport, there's never been a better time to join the MyBookie family. Go ahead and sign up today using promo code ZABE to secure your first deposit bonus up to $1,000 with MyBookie. Whatever you put in, they'll meet halfway all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.com. You know, guys, when you get to be our age, finding the motivation to get back in shape can be hard. It's just plain tough to find a routine and to stick with it. Good news. FitBod is a fitness app that is anything but routine. It tailors your workouts to fit your life, your goals, your gear, and even your schedule, so you can avoid burnout. And FitBod helps keep up your momentum by mixing in different exercises, reps, supersets, and circuits. Best yet, FitBod has over 1,000 demonstration videos, so you can learn the right way to do each exercise. It's time to ditch the boring routines and kickstart your fitness journey. Add FitBod to your workout essentials. Join today to get your personalized workout plan. Get 25% off your subscription or try the app for free at fitbod.me slash zabe. That's F-I-T-B-O-D dot M-E slash zabe. Today on the ZabeCast, can I take criticism from listeners? Well, we're about to find out. Tiger Woods with a brilliant takedown of the entire Live Tour concept. LeBron James has said another thing that's completely idiotic, and don't say Baker Mayfield doesn't have a sense of humor. Your 35-minute uncensored bonus edition of Pure Me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. Here we go. It is another solo edition of the Zabecast today. I hope you don't mind. I actually have a lot of things I would like to get to myself. A lot of material. Some good sound. Some points I need to make. Can't really say why. It's just I'm in this mood right now. Also, let me give you some insider baseball for a second, okay? And then we will start with a letter of criticism from a subscriber. I'm trying to get Scott and Solly back into the rotation, but it's very hard. Scott Summer has gotten quite busy. His kids are home from, his daughter's home from college. His son is off getting ready for college. You know, he's a busy man and he works multiple jobs as he always has because he is a man of industry and hard work. Solly is trying to get elected to the Montgomery County Council and he has been out knocking doors, kissing babies, shaking hands, you name it. And so... It's been tough, but I miss those guys. I'm trying to get them set up. I don't know if this week's going to happen. I'm trying my hardest, but it's not looking good so far. So I get this email. You can always email me at zabe at yahoo.com with the subject, sorry, comma, but I'm out. Oh boy, here we go. It starts like this. Zabe, I tried, but I'm out. I've always enjoyed your radio shows, and I've tried to enjoy the podcast for a year or so now, 
But the frequent misstatement of dates and facts and the long list of dull, at least to me, recurring guests have me bidding adieu. I like Jay, and I do like the Scott and Solly combo. But the rest of the recurring guests just don't do it for me. The topper was two straight weeks of the premium content being charge. Side note, I didn't realize till pretty much I'd lined it up. I was like, oh shit, charge was Friday last week as well. Because I was traveling and I just, I lost track of it. I generally would not do that. Although I think charge is a premium-ish kind of guest. I also really need to get away from calling Fridays premium. Because sometimes it may be something different or quote premium, but it's more like just one extra day. It's like the day you get for paying five bucks a month to support the podcast. That's all. Anyway, I digress. The letter goes on to say, Charge seems like a nice guy, but not something I'd want to pay to hear. Okay. Follow that on Monday with the dull and time warped Andy Poland, and I am out. I am also not a fan of gambling or golf, so the podcast really isn't for my demographic anyway. I wish you well with the podcast, and I'll continue to listen to the radio program online, but I'll go back to music playlists for my morning workout podcast content. Well, of course you should. If you're working out, you should be listening to thrash metal, not me. Anyway, just tighten up and have all the names and dates right when you plan to talk about a subject. Good luck, signed Mike Van Scoy, and he left his phone number, which I think is awesome. That is some next-level accountability. Harsh words, but from the heart, and he put his phone number with it as if I was going to call him. I'm not going to call you, Mike, but I did reply. I said, okay, cool. What names and dates did I miss? Just trying to, you know, tighten up, as you say. He replied, Off the top of my head, here are a few. When discussing Jim Jordan taking Goodell to task over Portnoy's ban, you said he was the rep from Indiana. It's actually Ohio. When playing Sheryl Crow's Leaving Las Vegas, you said it was from 2009. Well, try 1993, when it was included on her debut album, released as a single in 94. Okay, that one I missed by a wide, wide margin. During the Yacht Rock app, podcast during the great yacht rock podcast so he admits that was great but that by the way was premium when comparing a solo to eruption you stated it was Jimi hendrix who did eruption Uh uh-uh let's try the maestro himself eddie van halen that one is almost unforgivable hendrix was hendrix was one of the best but Eruption was a Van Halen classic. I, I, I screwed up. I believe there is a famous uh, <clears throat> Jimi Hendrix guitar solo with a name to it, but I, I can't think of it right now, and I'm not going to dare guess because clearly I'm out of guesses. Anyway, he says, that's a few from recent memory. I replied, fair enough. Those are big misses. And I know they're not my only ones. I, I hit foul balls and balls out of bounds, and I don't thoroughly entirely vet every little factoid of every podcast every day. I could, but it gets to be a time-consuming thing. Sometimes, I'm not sure if people realize the amount of wasted, frustrated time I will spend 
trying to get something extra for the podcast and not just talk into this microphone and call it a day. The other night I was trying to find a Tiger Woods bike because I heard him talk about how, hey, this could be my last go round at the open at St. Andrews. So I want to make the most of it. And I'm like, Ooh, that's a good bite. And I went to the internet and I went to the golf channel website. And of course I went to Twitter looking for somebody to go. Oh, somebody surely must've pulled that already and put it up on Twitter. And I checked all the accounts and I used the search bar. Twitter's search feature is notoriously shit. Went to YouTube, went to Google video. I mean, I I'd spent 30 minutes looking for the bite, still couldn't find it. 30 minutes down the drain. You could do the same thing with a bunch of other stuff, and you're still going to make mistakes. I try not to make too many mistakes, and I try to make try not to make mistakes that are glaringly, shockingly, stupidly, whoa, 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 you're way off on that. I also, and this is another inside baseball thing, I sometimes go fast thinking my smarter brothers and sisters and just others that know more will catch my mistakes and course correct me in real time. Andy's usually very good about that. Jay is usually pretty good, but Jay gets things wrong. Anyway, uh, Mike did reply by saying, I've also been in a bad mood for a week or two. So after all that wears off and every little thing quits bugging the crap out of me, I'll probably re-up anyway. (laughs) boy, I'll do better. I'll do better. Thank you for the five bucks a month. Sports talk slash journalism sucks all over. And the reason we all listen to you is because it doesn't sound like anything else out there and it is not politically correct or trying to be everything to everyone. Well, amen to that. Mike, I feel you. As I read the stuff going on in the world and I see what's happening, it's not that all the news is bad, just 99% of it out there. Then there's this email. Name redacted. You'll hear why in a second. Zabe, I had to binge your podcast. I want to thank you about your recap in Vegas. As a father of an 8, 10, and 12-year-old, I always feel guilty, you know, with the help of the War Council back home when I take a break. But I'm heading to Vegas next week, and your Dad Vegas podcast was what I needed to say. You know what? This is more than okay. I'm meeting out there for a buddy's 40th, and your review makes me feel almost no guilt. For going now. Well, you shouldn't feel guilty. That's the thing. We allow society, we allow societal norms that have no individual bearing on your life, no consideration of how hard you may work, what kind of father you may be, and you want to go to Las Vegas, Nevada, where gambling is legal, prostitution is not, and there's great restaurants, great shows, great people watching, great hotels great spas, and have a good fucking time. There ain't a damn thing wrong with that. Anyhow, he says, I, la- I leave Indy at 6, land at 7 on Friday, fly out at 6.30 p.m. on Sunday. That is the perfect amount of time for me. I will do some mountain biking as well as blackjack, and I think lots of doodling and dawdling around town like your dad used to do. And by the way, the 6 to 5 payout on blackjack is BS. I certainly hope to find a three to two table. However, I don't think I'll bring my dad with me. I found out a few years ago he was picking up hookers in his 70s while driving a semi truck. Don't know how long that has been going on for. Anywho, eh, just might go golfing with him instead. <laughs> All right. Well, now you know why name was redacted. 
In regards to getting a baseball to ball game, I have to disagree with you when it comes to children getting them. I brought my boys to a true doubleheader in Pittsburgh to watch our Brewers. Between the games, we went down to get autographs, and one son was handed a ball from the ball boy. Then in the second game, I had the perfect ball coming right for us, but the man in front of us put his glove up and caught it. He ended up being a former usher for the Brewers. I turned around and handed it. He turned around and handed it to the other son. They remember it to this day. Now, adults, on the other hand, should earn them. I agree. Still need to listen to the Yacht Rock episode. Not necessarily my music, but Jay and yourself can make anything exciting. Book of Charge was awesome. More Glenny. Sincerely, name redacted because my dad was doing hookers when he was 70 years old. And nobody needs that dirty laundry out there. (laughs) All right. Good stuff. I love the feedback. Keep it coming as always. Tiger Woods speaks on the LIV tour. I kind of knew this was going to be as, I I had a feeling. I'm like, I don't think he's talked about the live tour yet. If he did, I, I forgot or I didn't process it fully. It's one of those details where you're not quite totally sure. And I'm like, okay, great. So here was Tiger first time live in front of a podium and a microphone and real people being asked about the LIV tour, a tour that reportedly, according to some outlets, were ready to offer him close to $1 billion to go join. And Tiger, in a minute and 18 seconds, does a more thoroughful, more thorough, sorry, Mike Vanskoy, he does a more thorough and thoughtful takedown of the entire thing from multiple angles than anyone to date, which is shocking because Tiger Woods is normally as bland as can be when it comes to doing interviews on a podium. But this is part of Tiger's evolution, and I am here for it. These players are doing for you know guaranteed money. Um, what, what is the incentive to practice? What is the incentive to go out there and earn it in the dirt? Um, you're just getting paid a lot of money up front and playing a few events and playing 54 holes. They're trying to, you know, playing blaring music and have all these um, <laughs> atmospheres that are different. I, I just don't see how, you know, I have 54 holes. I, you know, I, I can understand 54 holes is almost like a mandate when you get to the senior tours. The guy's a little bit older and a little more banged up, but... You know, when you're at a young age and some of these kids, they really are kids, you know, who have gone from amateur golf in, into that organization. Um, 72 hole tests, you know, are, are part of it. I mean, we used to have 36 hole playoffs for major championships. You know, that's, that's how it used to be. Um, 18 hole U.S. Open playoffs, you know, that's. Of which he um, won one. Famously, I just don't see how that that move is is positive in the in the long term. So there you go. He also said, depending on what happens with the world golf ranking points, these guys may never play in a major. Especially stunned at some of the younger guys who had jumped to the live tour and possibly was depriving themselves of a chance to play Augusta or the Open Championship. It's brilliant. I mean, this was this was not just a mic drop. It was a drop the mic, dig a hole, bury the mic, pour concrete on top of the mic, and then walk away kind of answer. 
he's 1,000% correct. And before you say, well, wait a minute, didn't he get guaranteed money from Nike as soon as he turned pro? You're right, he did. But you know what? Tiger Woods is a stone-cold winner already at that point. He'd won three straight United States amateurs, something nobody had ever done in dramatic, spectacular, often come-from-behind fashion with flair and panache that would merit that kind of contract from Nike. And by the way, five years, $45 million. Oh, Phil Knight was the, had the steal of the century in sports marketing. In fact, it's akin to the Louisiana purchase of sports marketing deals ever. What a steal. So good for Tiger. He's not wrong about that. You know, Tiger cares about Arnie. He cares about Jack. He respects the traditions of the game, and he lives to beat the best. Even if the LIV Tour took the 48 players they wanted the most, the top 48 in their mind, in the world and on the PGA Tour, guess what? There's 100 more right behind them who are as almost as good and will be as good. And there's more coming after that and more coming after that. You don't know who the best 48 are. They're the best for now because they've won a major or two. But Tiger is about the game. He's about the sport. Guys like Brooks Kepka and and Dustin Johnson, they don't they don't have respect or they don't give a shit about the guys who started the tour and then turned it over to guys like Tiger who are making everyone rich because of the tide that he is lifting all boats. Dustin Johnson cares about cocaine and wife swapping, not Arnie and Jack and the traditions. Brooks Kepka, he cares about his veneers and his sneakers and his Instagram. That, that's what he cares about. Good for Tiger. Another email, this one from Christopher Russo. No, not the WFAN host turned Sirius XM host, Mad Dog Russo, although his first name is Christopher. And no, not Chris Russo, who goes by Chris Russell on WJFK in Washington, D.C. Did you know he was a Chris Russo? He sure is. Anyway, it's the third Christopher Russo I know. Neither one of those guys is this from. Hi, Zabe. TLDR. What the heck does it mean to break away from the NCAA, and how would that be sustainable and or a better product? Seems like there's a lot of talk about colleges or conferences, quote, breaking away from the NCAA. Yet I don't think any prominent media member that typically boasts about this concept eventually happening has ever explained, well, what exactly does that mean? You're right. They, they don't have any other answers beyond just the, yeah, yeah, screw the NCAA. Now, look, the NCAA has brought on the hatred of it a lot through its own mismanagement, bureaucratic stinginess, and the fact that they have over-enforced and slavishly enforced rules that make you go, really? Is that the best way? But at some point, someone's got to be sort of the referee. Someone's got to be the rules maker because without rules, there's chaos. And there is a frothy amount of chaos going on right now in college athletics. The letter uh, from Chris Russo goes on to say, isn't the NCAA what ties athletes and teams to their school and university? Let's say the SEC, as a conference, quote, breaks away. Are those schools still able to use the University of Alabama Crimson Tide logo, name, moniker, colors, et cetera, or Louisiana State University Tigers, 
and such. I think they would. I don't think the NCAA owns any part of that. But there still is value in having somebody be the organizing force of here's a league, here's the scheduling, here are the basic rules, here's the referees, we're going to help you run all this stuff. You don't need to recreate all of that. If they can use the names, doesn't the SEC just become the new NCAA for their schools with the same problems without an overlord to place the blame on? Yes, yes, yes. That, that now suddenly they're the new NCAA. Congratulations. You told the NCAA to take a hike. What'd you win? Well, now we have to do all the work they did. The scheduling and the referee assignments and the rules and the committees and the competition committee. We're doing that now. Oh, shit. Really? Does that cost money? Yes, it does. <laughs> anyway, he goes on to say, All of this is really for only one sport, let's be honest, football. I guess schools would want to go through the hassle of breaking away to start their own collegiate league for football, but what about these other sports? I mean, you'd be crazy to do that. Who thinks of this stuff through anyway, or am I missing something? No, you're not missing anything. You're right on the point. Most sports writers don't think past step one, and step one is usually just a knee-jerk, righteous stance that sounds good and feels good. Even smart guys like Jay Billis don't go further than one or two steps before kind of giving up on it. And he's a a reformed attorney who's making a ton of money doing college basketball broadcasting, and he's very good at it. But I used to chirp him a bit on Twitter saying, and then what? Didn't go very far. Thanks. I absolutely love the podcast, Chris Russo. Good email. Appreciate that. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Here's another one. When Brian's song meets National Lampoon. Name withheld, Zabe, if used. Okay. I haven't listened to the pot. I haven't listened yet to the podcast Monday, but it reminded me the topic of a story from my youth regarding Brian's song. When I was probably 14 or so, I would religiously read National Lampoon, the magazine, and they were brutal in their satire. My parents paid it no attention until one day, for some reason, they picked up one of the magazines in which they parodied Brian's song. What was the parody? Instead of cancer, he had hemorrhoids. (laughs) That's wrong. Of course, at the time, I had no idea what that even meant. They were horrified. I don't quite recall what the outcome was, but I'm pretty sure we didn't get a subscription 
to National Lampoon for Christmas. I probably had to hide it from them from then on. I still think I've got the copy of the magazine. And by the way, you can find them for sale on eBay because they're collector's items. Oh, yeah, you could not get away with that now. Not even close. Here's a good one. So I think I said this on my radio show, but not here on the podcast. Somebody grabbed Zabe.com as an email and started, uh, created uh, dating profiles on a couple of dating sites with me as a woman, Zabe at Yahoo.com, as a woman. Uh, I'm on EliteSingles.com as Rose, and I am apparently also on Match.com as, quote, Jenny. Now, I haven't transitioned, uh, not yet at least. I'm still happy being who I am right now. But, uh, yeah, apparently I've got these profiles. So people are saying, well, would you go log on to Elite Singles and see, you know, the type of men who are attracted to you? Don't you want to know, they said, what your fake you looks like on this dating website? I go, no, in a million years, no. So I have not touched doing anything with Elite Singles, but this Match.com profile and the software there, it automatically sends a lineup of photos of men who have shown interest in you in the email itself. And so as I'm scrolling and scrolling, I go, oh, oh, oh what, is, what is this scroll? Uh, 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 oh, my Lord, what a hellscape <laughs> it must be for women on that app. I swear to God, or, or I don't know what my picture looks like as Jenny on Match.com. Maybe I'm a rather uh, rugged-looking woman because the men who thought, eh, you know what, I kind of like her, and I think I've got a shot, it looked like a, a complete page of mugshots, of perps, of all stripes, shapes, races, varieties. It was scary. One guy had a scar that went straight down the front of his face, bridge of his nose, down to his chin. So at some point, I'm probably going to have to log on and try to shut these things down because I don't know. Who knows the mayhem that could come from this? LeBron James, he has done it again. Man, he is something. Not very smart. He at times is smart when it comes to business and managing his career and doing stuff off the court and doing good things like uh, building schools and whatnot. I, I give him credit for that. But he is a habitual liar. He is not a deep thinker. He subscribes to whatever the current thing is. And at his worst, he is a America-bashing, race-baiting simpleton. Maybe this is another example of it. Maybe. It's just him realizing it's show business. You got to give people a hook to try to watch. Here was his comments regarding Brittany Griner and whether or not he, he asked the question, this was on his show, the shop, which is beautifully shot by the way. So envious of how they shoot this great lighting, great camera work, just exquisite. The content of the show. I don't know. I haven't watched it yet. Maybe I will, but here's what he said about Brittany Griner. Take this. 
white people, you're collecting black art. Have you had to explain that ever to collectors? It's not the responsibility of black folks to use their work as a teaching tool. Brittany Griner, she is in Russia. She's been there over 110 days. Now, how can she feel like America has her back? I would be feeling like, do I even want to go back to America? No, not saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because what, I want to stay in Russia? I, where, where are you going to go? Exactly. Where are you going to go that's better for you? Where are you going to go that's going to offer you the opportunities that you've been offered here in the good old U.S. of A? I'm just, I'd love to hear the list. That's how LeBron James thinks, maybe. Unless he just said that, knowing it would get people to talk about this podcast, this show, and get people to watch it. I don't know. My sense is this is how he th- he thinks. He thinks like a very simple minded person who doesn't really get it. But yeah, maybe we could trade LeBron for Brittany straight up. I don't know. Just a trade straight up right there. I don't know if she wants to even come back to America because they don't have her back. She got arrested in another country doing something stupid that was against the law. If I was in Russia and I was leaving during a war, I would leave in shorts and a t-shirt and nothing else, I'd leave everything I have in a ditch in Russia, make sure all my identification is off it. I wouldn't let them be able to say, oh, look at what you got in your luggage. Be like, ha I got no luggage. I'm fucking out of here. But no, she tried to get hashish oil in a vape pen out of her luggage, uh, in her luggage, out of the country, and boy, it has gone quite badly so far. LeBron James, though, I'm not even sure if she wants to come back to America. File this one under, I'm not going to chase that stick. Headline, Andre Iguodala says Rashid Wallace would be a top five player in today's NBA and, quote, he'd be better than Giannis. Better than Giannis? Says Iguodala, quote, Rashid Wallace probably could have been a top five player in the league for a 10-year stretch. He just chose, I'll do my thing over here. He was shooting threes from half court. He was shooting half-court shots left-handed and right-handed. If Rasheed Wallace played in modern-day basketball today, if he played in our league today, he'd be the top-five player in the league. He'd be better than Giannis. And I love Giannis. That needs to be said because it's not left in the headline. Makes it sound like Iguodala is a Giannis hater. He's not. I love Giannis, but he'd be better than him. Now, okay, first of all, Rasheed Wallace was a perennial hothead who had real discipline discipline problems, got teased, uh, more tees than any player in modern NBA history. And, you know, at times just sort of like Iguodala said, wandered off and played his own basketball. Well, that's part of being a top five player, being a team guy, being able to buy in to whatever your coach is saying, here's what we're doing today. But as uh, this story says, Wallace was able to shoot from all over the court. He had quite the stroke from deep, True. And during his era, he was somewhat of an indication of where the league was heading, meaning towards a positionless basketball landscape that is already taking shape and continues to do so in the NBA. Wallace was one of those guys. Look, Sheed was funny as hell. He was the one that popularized and let go viral the phrase, ball don't lie. The, the, the superstition that when the referees fuck up a call, and the player goes to the free throw, that first free throw is going to miss no matter what because ball don't lie. 
It's a bad call. He shouldn't have got a free throw, so therefore it's not going in. Boom, ball don't lie. But Sheed was crazy, and he didn't care that he was crazy, but extremely talented. And yes, at 6'10", 225, great deep stroke, great finesse, great all-court player. I don't know if he'd be better than Giannis, though. See, one of the reasons Giannis is the best player in the NBA, arguably, or one of the two or three best at worst, is he puts in the work. He buys into the system of winning basketball. That's part of being one of the best players. Not just talented or theoretically could be good, but that's why. What's that? Oh, I guess I, yeah, I guess I did chase that stick off the porch like a dog. I was the dog that said, I'm not chasing that. (laughs) On a serious note, the Uvalde school shooting is the worst law enforcement fiasco ever. And nobody's talking about it. Maybe some are. I don't monitor all media. It's depressing enough to even glance at it, but it doesn't seem like it's getting the prominent discussion it should be getting. Today, they released the inside the school security camera footage, and it is a stomach-churning display of cowardice and bureaucratic incompetence. The shooter is seen roaming the halls, while the police who come into the halls and start to go to the classroom, immediately retreat and stand cowardly behind their ballistic shields for upwards of 30 to 40 minutes while children were trapped dying in that room with that psychopath. It's so stunning. And of course, the parents of the children are outraged and demand answers, and the authorities down there are stonewalling the shit out of them at every turn. And this is where the media continues to fail in this country because if they don't put a spotlight on it, if they don't push this to the top of news cycles every day and keep the heat on, justice and answers will not be forthcoming in this situation. I'm pretty sure about this, but I didn't investigate fully, so I may be wrong But I did think I saw a report that said there was one police officer who was at the school that saw the shooter coming in with the rifle outside before a single shot was fired, before a single soul was lost to this madness, and asked his supervisor if he had permission to fire on the subject, and apparently the supervisor said no. And the scumbag walked in there and took 19 students and two teachers' lives. It's just staggering to think about. Yeah, no, we can't. We, uh, I don't know. It's like, dude, he's got a fucking rifle. He's going to walk into an elementary school. This is where you wished, but I understand why, I guess. The officer's like, well, fuck it. I don't want the legal trouble of this. Nobody's going to back me on this if, God forbid, you know, They twist it around like, oh, no, it's just a sweet kid bringing a school prop into class. And he was late for class and you shot him dead. We need to get back to a, you know what? I'm going to go with my gut here. And you know what? I don't give a fuck about your orders. Kids are in that classroom dying. I will walk into a hail of gunfire with my own gun, with my own ballistic shield. I I saw one story. I said, well, the ballistic shields they had, they they really weren't good enough for the high-powered rounds that the uh, shooter had. So they were waiting for better shields. 
the fuck is that all about? All right. That was my therapy talking about it. Let's move on. We'll end on this. Baker Mayfield has a sense of humor. And that's a good thing. People, of course, were quickly saying, so what's going to happen with the At Home with Baker Mayfield commercials for progressive insurance that were so famous and so ubiquitous when he was in Cleveland? Are they going to show him moving out of progressive field after the trade to Carolina? Well, the answer is yes, Mayfield confirmed on Tuesday there will be no more commercials. But he said he did want to do a moving out version, proposed it to the advertiser, but they eventually said, nah, we're just going to let it die. So he pitched it, wanted to do it, didn't work out. Could have been funny. Instead, it wasn't. We are now just almost two weeks away from the start of training camps in the National Football League or the start of players reporting, and we can't get there soon enough. We'll exit today with the song of the day. I heard this the other day for the first time in a million years, and it was on the Yacht Rock channel, of course. It is noted, iconic, flugelhornist... Chuck Mangione with Feels So Good. If it feels like you're in the back seat of your parents' eight miles to the gallon... United States-made boat of a car. In my case, a Mercury Braum, B-R-O-U-G-H-A-M, which is a fancy word for like a coach back in the day, the Mercury Braum. Well, then guess what? Yes, that's where you were if you're my age. 1977. This song was almost 10 minutes, but they knocked it down to 3 minutes and 28 seconds to get it on the radio. And it was released as a single in early 78, and it reached number four on the Billboard Hot 100 chart in June of that year. Now, if you're saying, what the fuck is a flugelhorn? Great question. It's a larger trumpet. It looks like a trumpet had a love child with a trombone, with maybe a little touch of bugle in between. The tone of the flugelhorn is fatter, and regarded as more mellow and darker than the trumpet or the cornet. They say the sound of the flugelhorn has been described as halfway between a trumpet and a French horn. It's as agile as a cornet, but uh, difficult to control in the higher register. Most jazz flugelhorn players use the instrument as an auxiliary to the trumpet, but in the 1970s, Mangione gave up playing the trumpet and concentrated on this alone. And so he produced this hit, Feel So Good, and got the 1980 Winter Olympics theme called Give It All You Got. He referred to the flugelhorn as the right baseball glove and one that fit him perfectly. And with that, we say thanks for listening. Thanks for putting up with my GERD. Have yourself a great Wednesday. Jay is coming up later this week, still efforting Scott and Sally. Maybe a special guest for Friday. Who knows? Feedback always welcome. Rate and review. It helps tickle the algorithm. Have a great Wednesday, and we will see you next time.
162 games of baseball a season can feel like a grind to watch, but you can put the excitement back into each and every game with my bookie. Run lines, money lines, props galore. Nobody gives you more opportunities to win than my bookie. Getting started is simple. Deposit $300 and play with $200 instantly. Just use promo code ZABE to claim a MyBookie deposit bonus. Whether you're a diehard fan or a newcomer to the sport, there's never been a better time to join the MyBookie family. Go ahead and sign up today using promo code ZABE to secure your first deposit bonus up to $1,000 with MyBookie. Whatever you put in, they'll meet halfway all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with mybookie.com. 